Take a seat, young Skywalker. to be listening to a song by Herman's Hermits, you've indeed found yourself something good. Welcome back to another episode of The Barber's Chair. I'm your host, Austin Maddox. The theme of today is that dogs are better than cats. And again, I say dogs are better than cats. I don't know how much clearer I need to be, but I'll explain myself. I'll start out by saying that this is an opinion. Um... There are many opinions out there about this. This is specifically my opinion. And specifically, dogs are better pets than cats. Now, is it because I hate cats? You know, I think perhaps there was a point in time in my life where I did. I, I, I really don't. I really don't. Um, growing up, we had a lot of cats. Uh, we had outside cats. Uh, we had barn cats. We had hunting cats. And I love those cats because they stayed outside, out of my way, and they hunted. They, they kept down the vermin that would, uh, that's frequently around, you know, in the country. Uh, and and they, were, they were genuinely nice, you know. They were nice cats. We had some really good cats. But they were good because they had their purpose and they were doing their work outside. Now, for one, I'm allergic to cats. Uh, so that's part of my bias. But I do like cats as long as they are fulfilling their purpose, which is to hunt and to stay outside. It is my opinion that they are not the best pets. I think that dogs are the best pets. And I'm actually being joined today in my office with my dog, Bandit. Say hi, Bandit. He's not going to say hi. Funny thing about dogs, they never say hi. But anyway... Uh, got banded a couple of, a couple, three months ago, I guess it is now. He's a cute little puppy. And, um, I, I'm finding out a lot about myself by being a dog owner. You know, I used to think that I was a, a real stickler for the rules and, uh, kind of an authoritarian figure until I had a dog. Uh, come to find out, I'm not nearly as, uh, as strict as I thought I was going to be. There's just something about that, that cute little face that makes it so where he can get away with uh, virtually anything. You know, you can find him uh, over there and maybe minding his own business. You're just taking him out. He just ate and drank and everything's fine. And then you turn around and he's... Uh, one of his favorite new things is to jump up in my bathroom to the toilet paper roll and start dragging the toilet paper uh, out far away and chewing that. And as you know, in these difficult times, you know, that's, that's not something we need to be, uh, we need to be chewing on and need to be throwing away. But, you know, he's really, really cute. So often he can get away with doing things like that, uh, with something like, uh, Bandit, why are you doing that? That's, uh, that's not nice. 
Why are you doing these things? So I'm finding out a lot about myself as a dog owner. You know, a cute dog, and I guess this is the same, the same is true for a lot of cute things, uh, baby things. It can turn any big tough guy into a, a baby talking buffoon, honestly. Uh, you can have the, the biggest tough guy that there is, and he will be walking around and exerting his authority until he sees a dog, and then he's, oh, what a cute little puppy, hello. Thankfully, Bandit's here, and I can play off of him a little bit, because that's just the truth. That's just the truth. Dogs can, uh, they can brighten your day. Furthermore, a big leg up that dogs have over cats, as household pets in particular, is the fact it's been documented, and this is something that I hold true to and bring up in every conversation. If you happen to pass away in your house, dogs won't eat you, but cats will. I think that's a deciding factor. That tips the scale, in my opinion. Now, my dog currently is eating my sweatshirt, but I'm not really all that upset about it because, you know, he is really cute. By the way, he really wants me to play with him, and if you're listening to this, then you are causing me not to play with him. So really, this is your fault, and I hope you feel absolutely terrible about it. Well, here in a little bit, we are going to have Matt and Bailey Kuderna on as our uh, guest interview. Uh, Matt and Bailey live probably 300 feet from my house, uh, my apartment. They live in the same apartment complex that I do. Uh, they also have dogs, and that's why I was... Uh, I asked them to come on to the show. Uh, they are very interested in pets. And, you know, this is a great time to uh, kind of reconnect with, uh, with our pets a little bit as we're spending a lot of time indoors and with our indoor pets. Um, I'm sure they're all wondering why exactly we are doing the things that we're doing now. Um, I'm sure from their perspective, this is probably the weirdest thing uh, that could go on is to see us so much during the day, but you know, they don't seem to be too upset about it. They don't seem to really be, uh, be that tore up about it. I see a lot of people out, uh, walking their dogs and, um, you know, here's another thing about dogs, the reason they're better than cats. You can't walk a cat. You ever seen someone try to walk a cat? That's something that doesn't work. You can carry a cat. A cat can follow you a cat can lead you, but you cannot walk a cat. You can walk a dog, therefore dogs are better pets. But that that's just another side element to that. Um, but during these troublesome times, there are many people that are out walking their dogs and enjoying uh, nature with their dogs. Um, and pets are, are things that they can automatically lift our spirits, no matter uh, the time or circumstance. Uh, they can just take our minds off of so many things. Uh, you know, even at their worst, even when they're uh, chewing your shoes or destroying your toilet paper or something of that nature, they can still brighten your day. They can still make your day in so many ways. So we are, I know I am thankful for my dog, Bandit. Uh, I, I'm thankful for all the pets that I've had. I've had several pets. Like I said, growing up, we had lots of cats out at mom and dad's. Uh, I had a had a a beagle basset mix dog. He was uh, an interesting dog. Had the feet of a Saint Bernard. Uh, was long, but had the face of a beagle. Uh, 
uh, and he was short, uh, kind of like a beagle, but was uh, very long, kind of like a basset hound. Um, his Whenever he ran, his rear end was always faster than his front end, so he would kind of run at an angle. Uh, it, it was one of the strangest things uh, I have ever seen with a dog, but I love that dog. His name was Oliver. Um, I think he he lived to be 11 or 12. I don't know. I forget now, uh, now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah, lived a long, long time. He was a great dog. And, um, you know, maybe you've had, had a dog like that where uh, you grew up with it, something of that nature. Uh, and those are always fond memories that we have of, of our pets. And, you know, sometimes we can get just as attached to our pets as we can to people that we interact with. Um, and I remember uh, when I was working at Walmart, there would be people that when they would lose their pets, they would actually take full days off of work uh, because they were that upset about, about their pets. Now, that's, that's not something I did. Of course, with our cats, and this is another deciding factor too, in my opinion, uh, and maybe the reason why I am where I am on this debate is because, you know, we had so, we lived closer to the road and we had so many cats that would uh, bite the dust over and over again. It, it, it was uh, probably a good idea not to name them, uh, but we did name them anyway. But uh, you, you better not get too attached to them because uh, you never know which one was uh, going to bite the dust uh, the next day. So, so for us, it was a little bit of a way of life. You know, pets kind of came and went, if you will. Um, so, but there are some people that that are so attached to to the dogs or cats or whatever the animal is that they have, um, that they have a better relationship with them than they do other people. And that tells you something about, uh, maybe about how good we are as humans at relationships. You know, dogs listen. Uh, dogs usually have a positive attitude. Um, they always try to show love and appreciation, you know, even if it's something that you do every single day. I know for Bandit, uh, he's very much food-driven, and every single day it's like a new revelation whenever I go and get his food from uh, for him to eat. I'm walking up the stairs, uh, food in hand, and he's just about ready to lose his mind because finally he gets fed that day. It's just a brand new experience. So, you know, when you're thinking about comparing the pet relationship to that with some other relationship that you might have, might think about it for yourself. Uh, do I exert the same type of excitement? Maybe not the exact same type of excitement, but uh, something to emulate, you know? That we can uh, be excited, we can be good listeners, um, and that way we can keep that uh, our relationships in that way. That may be a little too deep, that may be a little uh, weird, now that I'm thinking about it, it might be, but uh, if you're hearing a background noise, it's my dog scratching at a box. He loves to eat boxes and box-related things, so uh, keep that in mind. Anyway, shortly we will have Matt and Bailey Kuderna on, and we will interview them, talk a little bit about their pets, and uh, we certainly enjoy that. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, we are joined now with Matt and Bailey Kuderna. Say hello. 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 
Yep, that's them, all right. How are you guys tonight? Good. How are you? Oh, doing doing just fine, just fine. So, uh, our theme of the day uh, that we're working off of the premise is why dogs are better than cats. This is a a theory I have held for many years. Um, specifically that dogs are better pets than cats. Uh, yeah. so, so what say you guys? Well, I, for one, totally agree. I've never had a cat as a pet, so maybe my perspective is flawed. <laughs> but, but I am certainly inclined to agree with you. I think that they're better, like, interactive pets. Like, a dog's going to want to hang out with you more, and you can go do more stuff with it. True. But, you know, if you want, like, a pet that you can leave, mm-hmm. and leave you alone, and, like, you can leave it with food and a litter box and stuff, a cat's probably a better bet. This is true. But I, I prefer dogs over cats. Okay, okay. Although I did, for a while, try to convince Matt to let me get a hairless cat, and I got nowhere, so we got a second dog instead. <laughs> Uh, a good move. Good move. Uh, how, how, how do you take care of a hairless cat? I, I don't well, know. It just seems weird. Like your own sunscreen and stuff for it. For real? Actually, they grow some hair, but I think you shave it off because they look really nasty if you let it grow. They work, they look nastier with hair than. Yeah. Cause it's like all patchy and stuff. Oh. Not like a, a normal cat's hair. I see. Ugh. I think, well, I think it would be cool to like spray tan them and then <laughs> rub them down in that grease that they put on bodybuilders. Yes. Just... I told them that if we got a hairless cat, we could name it Butterball, like the turkey. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that that would convince them, but I, I didn't get anywhere with it. Wow. Uh, that to me is the most compelling case for having a hairless cat. I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. Hmm, I'm, I'm surprised. I, I would have went with that just, just for the name. <laughs> Well, they're like $1,200, my friend. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, that is a deterrent, I guess, in the end. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I understand. Uh, so, what pets do you currently have now? We have two dogs and two hedgehogs. Sweet. Okay, so you have Erwin is one of your dogs, and he is a... He's a Shih Tzu. He's a Shih Tzu. Okay. And Romo, uh, why did why did you name him Romo? Is it be, does he have a bad back and a and a uh, a bad habit of fumbling or He does actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has the highest number of fourth quarter comebacks from 2010 to 2014. <laughs> oh, very appropriately named then. Okay. <laughs> um so Romo, we adopted from the shelter. Okay. And we adopted both of our dogs from the shelter, but Romo we got in January, and his name was Gizmo in the shelter. And I, as a Chiefs fan, wanted to rename him Kelsey, but was mm-hmm. turned down by my husband and also by the lady who worked at the Humane Society because she told us that if we named him, renamed him something that rhymed with his first name, then he would learn it easier. So, Matt, as a Cowboys fan, by default, got Romo. Got Romo. Yeah. But it does suit him. He's a good Romo. Okay, okay. And he learned it very quickly, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I guess that does make sense. I'm trying to think of 
you know, you could have went Mahome. No, that, that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> that wouldn't have worked. But, uh, no, I, I get that. I get that. And then uh, two hedgehogs whose names yeah. are, do they have names? Reed and Piper. Reed and Piper. Okay. Yes. I would be astounded if they actually knew their names. No, they do not. But they don't respond I think to that them. Some of them can learn their names, but I don't believe that ours are intelligent enough to know their names. Well, or I just have not tried hard enough. Uh, you know, things like that happen. It's, it, it's really okay. It's, it's just <laughs> one of those things. Um. Okay. So you said that Romo and uh, Irwin were both rescue dogs. Uh, yeah. So, so what are Obviously, I think a lot of people look at just the cons of, of getting a rescue dog. They don't want to, uh, you know, if there's an abused dog or, or something like that, one that may have medical problems, they, don't, they don't, just don't want to deal with it. So what are some of the advantages of getting a rescue dog? Well, I think that they're more loyal to you. But that's a, that's a very personal opinion. Okay. Okay. Um, I think when you're looking at getting a dog, you should look at what breed you want to get, whether you're going to buy a puppy from a breeder or whether you're going to rescue it from a shelter or whatever you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I think, because I think a lot of people will end up getting a dog that, A, is like too big for where they're living right. or is too hyper for their activity level or something like that. So we looked into or I looked into what kind of dog would best fit our lifestyle and I wanted when we got Irwin I wanted a little dog that I could train to be a therapy dog too right um and they just so happened to have Irwin at the shelter his name was Lieutenant Dan when he was <laughs> um so we went over there and I met him he was really calm and you could pick him up and he didn't mind to be touched in the face and you could pet his paws and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he picked up on the training right away and he's been a great dog. Roma, we haven't trained because we just got him a few months ago. Um, but he, mm-hmm. I mean, he's picked up on, he's very well mannered. Yeah. The same thing. Romo is like a, we think he's a poodle terrier mix. And so he doesn't shed, Shizus don't shed either. So mm-hmm. that, and that like activity level is good for where we live and all that stuff. So I think if you look into what breed you're going to get, whether you're going to get it from a shelter or you're going to rescue, like get it from a breeder or rescue from a shelter, if you know what breed you want, then I think that's probably the best decision to make. Okay. If you like if you choose a like usually a poodle breed or a smaller breed, you're going to have to wait to get one at a shelter cuz they don't come in as often and they go really quick right when they do come in okay. as compared to getting like a lab mix or something like that mm-hmm. yeah they're much more plentiful yes um i would also was that i would also i would also add that there are millions of stray dogs in this country alone mm-hmm. and we can't control what happens around the world but Many people will buy a puppy, say, for a holiday or a birthday, and what they find very quickly is, one, their child didn't want a dog as bad as they thought they did, and they can't take care of a dog or they don't want to take care of a dog. Yeah. So dogs end up, dogs end up on the street 
they end up in shelters and when the more people purchase these puppies from breeders not to put breeders out of business but the more that happens the more you contribute to this stray dog problem mm-hmm. and one way and one way to start alleviating that is to pick dogs up from shelters yeah no yeah, that makes a lot of sense that most shelters the shelter that we got Romo and Irwin from they make sure that your pets are spayed or neutered but when they come to you like you're you're not even allowed to like pick them up for a they do like sleepovers mm-hmm. where you can have the dog for a weekend you're not even allowed to do that unless they're fixed mm-hmm. and a lot of times people will buy like the breeding rights for their dog from a breeder so they come to them without being fixed and then that also contributes to the problem too right if you have people that aren't necessarily experienced in breeding and that's where i think that the breeding problem really comes in i don't really have too much of a problem with people that breed dogs for showing and for pets and service animals and stuff like that i have really no problem with that but when you have people that get a dog and breed it just to make money on puppies i think you kind of run into a problem there oh yeah well uh puppy mills and things of that nature and uh, yeah. Ultimately, you get dogs that aren't healthy at all. They're they're not even good right. for themselves or for the people that get them. So it creates so many problems. I agree. Um, now, Irwin is is a therapy dog. How do you go about having a therapy dog or getting a dog into that arena? So I work in a nursing home as a therapist. And we have a therapy dog at the nursing home that I work for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of my first experience being around a therapy dog. And when I say therapy dog, they're not like specially trained to do anything or like detect medical emergencies or anything like that. They're basically just trained to be a calm, good dog that will give you companionship and basically trained to be an emotional support animal. Uh-huh. Okay. I, so, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really do anything special. He's just real super cute and snuggly. Oh, well, um, I already knew that, so. <laughs> so what the therapy dog um, did at my work and what I did with Erwin is I just signed him up for um, obedience classes through one of the pet stores here in town. Mm-hmm. And we did all of that, and then they have to take, at the end of the, they do a beginner, an intermediate, and an advanced class. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the advanced class, they go through the canine good citizen test. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically that's to prove that your dog listens to you, that it behaves well, that it um, will listen to other people. It's not anxious when you're not in the room, mm. um, that it can ignore distractions and stuff like that. And if they pass that, then your dog is eligible to be signed up for a therapy dog group and organization okay Uh, and you some organizations do more than others some organizations are super involved with each other and so they will like go around to the hospitals and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, the one that Irwin is in I honestly don't know anybody else that has a dog in the organization it's just to have that on his paperwork kind of thing okay okay uh you know I had a dog I don't know, probably 10 years ago, I did the obedience training, or at least attempted to. He was uh, beyond help. He was <laughs> he was a Beagle-Bassett mix, and he was 
yeah, not not really focused on on much of anything. So, um, but I think out of that we we did. I eventually got him slightly leash trained, so you know there's yeah. that. That's that's the good part. That's Irwin's worst subject, actually. Leash training. Yeah, yeah he'll listen to me. He will not listen to Matt when he's on a leash. Uh-oh. We'll walk dogs, and I'll be I'll have Romo's leash, and he'll have Irwin's, and he just spends the whole time being like, "Irwin, get back over here! Stop pulling at your leash! Stop that!" <laughs> and then we'll take the leash, and Irwin just walks right next to me like a little angel. <laughs> That's his worst subject, I would say. He's good about, like, ignoring stuff much better than I ever expected him to be. Hmm. When they do that canine good citizen test, they put steak on the ground, and he has to walk past it to me and ignore it and come to me instead of going to get steak. And he did it. I was so proud of him. Uh, That's that's big. I I know just for myself, I probably wouldn't have been able to pass that test. So... (laughs) Uh, that's that's huge. Really, it shows a character flaw in the dog, if you ask me. <laughs> Something's not natural here. Yes. And wasting a, not a good piece of steak by putting it on the floor in a pet store. Yeah, there's yeah. there's multiple problems with this that's scenario, but, you know, for for what what we have to do, I guess, to... I guess it's a worthy sacrifice. I don't know. There's some people that feed their dogs bacon, too, so I've... <laughs> You know, just things I don't understand. But it's okay. Now, I understand that you all have been thinking about getting chickens when you move. That's yes. something that you've talked about. So so what is the rationale in the chicken move? So, oh, Matt apparently wants to answer this question. <laughs> well, I, Go, Matt. <laughs> I would just like to preemptively state that y'all are not thinking about getting chickens. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. One one of us wants chickens, and the other said, okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's important to to just get right out there in the open, just from the get-go. I am the collector of animals in the family. Okay. And I always have the idea to get another animal, and Matt just finally gives in after I <laughs> bother him enough about it. <laughs> I am actually the reason why we have all four of the animals that we have. And the reason why we had a dog before we had our two that we have now and all of the dogs that I've had before. <laughs> so Matt chicken, Matt so has brought no animals to the to the relationship whatsoever. Mm. Very sad. That's okay. He does feed them if if I don't do it. He does take care of them, so I appreciate that. Well, that's good. That's good. He cares about them. Yeah. But he doesn't initiate purchasing them. Okay. The chickens. Yes. When we buy a house, I and I have like a whole blueprint of this huge garden orchard combo mm. that. I dream of creating in our yard, like our backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, preferably it would take quite a bit of space. I would say probably an acre or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, it's all fenced in, and it has like a big coop in the middle, and there's different sections that are fenced into different parts 
Um, and the idea is that you have chickens based on your need. So we'd probably get like six to eight chickens, which mm-hmm. would be more eggs than we need. But for the space of the garden, it would be appropriate. Uh-huh. Um, the chickens will eat bugs. Right. So you don't have to use as much as much pesticide and they'll pick up weeds and stuff like that. So you don't have to do as much manual labor True. and all that stuff too. Okay. Uh, also, they give you eggs, obviously. Right. So you have that going for you. Um, when they stop laying and if you can stomach it, you can eat them. Which is why I will not be able to name our chickens, but... Give them I'm, numbers, perhaps? I'm, I'm coming to terms with that. Okay. <laughs> um, and also, I've heard that they're actually really good pets, especially for small children. Really? Roosters are not, because roosters are typically rather mean. Right. Um, but I've heard that small kids, if you socialize your chickens well... And get them to where they will come to you and you can pick them up and stuff. That They're a very good tool to teach kids, like, responsibility and uh, teach them about life cycles and what animals are used for farming, gardening, all that different sort of stuff. It opens up a whole new world hmm. to teach children. I had not thought about that angle. That's, that's yeah. very interesting, honestly. I have read... Many hours worth of material. <laughs> Well-versed. In... Plus, if you have a rooster, then you never have to buy chickens again because you can just have chickens, you know. Incubate them and, yeah. Yeah. See it over over and over again. Yeah. Well, I, I always did enjoy, you know, going to the farm store, you know, Orschland or something of that nature and, and looking <laughs> at all the little chicks in there. That, that was yeah. the highlight of the trip. Me too, and sometimes they had rabbits, and I love that too. Yeah, th- that was, yeah, that was when they were really doing good. Is when whenever they had had the rabbits. <laughs> That's right. That was like peak Orschland time. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They've they've fallen, I I think, since then. But uh, yeah, those those were the glory days. Yes, I agree. <laughs> well, this has been great. Thank you for, uh, for the interview. I I really appreciate you both coming on. Of course. Thank you for having us. keeping with the theme of the day. The theme of the day is that dogs are better than cats, and we're just talking about pets. Uh, We're talking about animals. So, for our final trim here today, you know, I recently saw where uh, the government made animal abuse a felony. And, you know... Uh, I, I found that interesting. Frankly, I already thought it was a felony, so it kind of, uh, I was shocked, not that there was an announcement about it, but um, that that was a recent thing. So, animal abuse is a felony. Now, there's some other things I would prefer be felonies before animal abuse, uh, strictly from a, a human rights uh, aspect, uh, making sure we, we get other people taken care of, but, you know, I'm a preacher, I'm not a politician, so uh, I'll leave that to them. But at the same time, you know, from a biblical perspective, what does the Bible say about animal cruelty? And is animal cruelty a biblical sin? Uh, that's, that's an interesting thing to think about. 
Now, I'll be frank, there aren't many verses that talk about how to treat animals. Uh, we do have an example of Balaam. You remember back in the book of Numbers, I believe, Numbers uh, 22 through 25, I believe, talks about the story of Balaam. Uh, he was a prophet for profit. I've heard preachers describe him. He was a prophet that was out to make money, and in doing so, he, he did many evil things. And you might remember the story, him going along, and he's going to a place that the Lord had already told him um, basically not to go. Finally, he asked the Lord, he keeps asking the Lord, and the Lord says to go, but that his message isn't going to change. So Balaam jumps at this opportunity and says, finally, all right, I can, I can go and I can do what I want to do. I don't believe the Lord takes too kindly to this. And I think we can see this because as they're going along, uh, Balaam's donkey that he's riding on, uh, it starts hitting, uh, it starts going against the wall and jumping out of the way. And Balaam's just getting uh, furious at this donkey and he starts hitting it back and forth. But what Balaam couldn't see was that there was an angel standing in the donkey's way, an angel that had his sword drawn. Actually, this donkey is trying to save Balaam. He's trying to get Balaam out of the way. Now, Balaam doesn't see any of this, and he starts hitting the donkey, and God allows the donkey to talk back. Uh, it's, it's one of the most interesting accounts in all of the scripture, because basically the donkey starts asking, he says, why are you hitting me? And Balaam, not realizing he's, he's talking to a donkey, he's got a talking donkey on his hand, uh, he he says, well, because you've done this and you've done this and you, uh, you just haven't uh, basically been a good donkey. And the donkey's like, well, you know, I've, I've faithfully served you all this time. And then finally, Balaam is able to see the angel. He's allowed to see the angel. And then he starts understanding. God doesn't think too highly of Balaam hitting this donkey. And I think he, he tries to get him to realize what he's doing by allowing this donkey to talk. But a verse to look at, and a verse that talks about animal cruelty, I think, is in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 10. It says, A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. So an answer to our question, is animal cruelty a sin according to the Bible? And the answer to that is twofold. The answer is no. It is not a sin to treat animals cruelly, but only sinful people are cruel to animals. Let me say that again. It's not a sin to be cruel to animals according to the Bible, as in it's not something if you are only cruel to an animal that will separate you from God, but only sinful people do such behavior. Only sinful people are cruel to animals. This is what this proverb is trying to show forth here, that a righteous man, one who is right with the Lord and is in good standing and has a moral compass about himself, regards the life of his beast. He's going to take care of the animals um, that he has or that he comes across. 
But the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Even the things that a wicked person thinks are nice are actual cruelty. So the wicked is the one that has sin in his life. And because of the sin that he has in his life, it shows forth in the way that he treats animals. Down to the very basic and fundamental part of, of who we are and how we treat even uh, the smallest things around us. The tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. A righteous man regards the life of his beast. So maybe this is a question you've been, been thinking about and been wondering. Um, I do not approve of animal cruelty. I don't think the Bible approves of it. Is it a sin? No, but only sinful people do it. It's a sign of a much larger issue in the heart of mankind when you see people that are cruel to animals, people that beat and that starve and that uh, purposely harm animals for the pleasure of it. These people are wicked people, not because of necessarily what they're doing, but because of what else is in their heart. Hopefully that answers your question. This has been The Barber's Chair. Thanks for tuning in.